Well, hello, hello. It is a new year. Happy New Year. And today we're talking mindset. So back in 2016, my first year of uni, just I was just absolutely clueless with my life. And I came across the book Mindset by Carol Dweck, which honestly left me mind blown. So she introduces two mindsets, the growth and the fixed mindset. And I just didn't realize just how fixed mindseted I was and how fixed society is in general. In this episode, we're going to go into the nitty gritty of what these two mindsets are and how to immediately apply the growth mindset in our lives. And this is part one of two. So the next mindset episode will center around education and how unfortunately the education system is just reinforcing a fixed mindset. But anyway, let's jump into it. Welcome back. So happy new year. Happy 2021. This is our very first episode back and we're covering growth mindset. And I'm going to be straight up and say that I think this is one, if, if not the most important podcast episode I've done so far. It's very applicable, very, very applicable. I'm going to be sharing the key lessons I've learned from this book uh, and, and just summarizing it in a way that you can literally Just apply it straight away into your life and see differences. And with the growth mindset, I love it because if you are able to develop your growth mindset, then it will just as a byproduct or as a side effect, it will help you with a range of other skills. So for example, um, taking responsibility for your actions instead of making excuses or blaming others. And I have a lot of trouble doing that. I'm not going to lie. Like I have a lot of trouble uh, because if someone were to point out my flaws or say something I did wrong, I would be like, "Mm, eh, eh, no, it's because of, and then try and deflect it. Uh, So growth mindset can definitely help you with that. It can also help you with becoming less of a perfectionist. Uh, What else? Uh, Self-confidence. It can really help you with that and, and dealing with imposter syndrome Other things I've written down are resilience, humility, um, and forgiveness. So these are just a few that I started brainstorming while I was reading the book. And you'll notice that the more you focus on the growth mindset, even more than what I listed will actually become easier. And also, and this is just definitely not a segue because I lost my train of thought while filming, and this is the easiest edit transition. Anyway, moving on. I am really excited to get into it. Like, honestly, I've written so many notes, which makes me think I'm going to ramble a lot in this episode, but who gives a shit? Like, let's go. Let's go for it. So first of all, what is a growth mindset and what is a fixed mindset? So instead of just telling you because eh, I want to make it more fun, I want to see if you can spot the difference. So I'm going to give you some examples and I would be interested to see if you can tell the differences as well as just what they are. What themes can you pick out from it? So this one, because I'm not good at it now, it means I won't be good at it ever. Versus, because I'm not good at it now, it means I need to work harder and use the right strategies to improve. This is so obvious. It's like the, the multiple choice uh, in, in school where you'd have like one, no, you'd have two semi like right answers, one that's like, eh, and then one that is just a throwaway 
like multiple choice that teachers just they, they can't think of anything else i'll just give you a shitty answer this is very obvious you can tell the difference anyway let's move on you're either smart athletic artistic etc or you're not versus you can always become smart athletic artistic etc mistakes mean i'm a failure mistakes mean there's still more for me to learn people are good at things because they're born to do it or they're gifted or they're naturals people are good at things mainly because they work hard spend more time than others practicing and working strategically i don't like challenges they prove that i don't know my stuff i love challenges they're where i learn and where i grow Okay, cool. So just by comparing those, obviously um, the growth mindset is focusing more on constant development, constant uh, continual self-improvement and less critical, like less self-judgment because you know that if you use the right strategies, if you work hard, then you're going to be better at something. Whereas the fixed mindset, as you can sort of see from the examples, is because I'm not good at it now, there's no point in trying because I'm still not going to be good even if I try, which you can tell is a very limiting mindset. Um, and, and as well as uh, I, I chose one of this, like, mistakes mean I'm a failure, whereas the growth-minded person thought that mistakes were actually a chance to grow. So the definitions that Carol Dweck gave in the book, she says that a growth mindset is simply the idea that qualities can be cultivated through effort, strategy, and help from others. I, essentially, that people can change, grow, and learn. The fixed mindset is the opposite, I guess. It's the mindset that all your qualities are fixed, that they won't change. Um, so why bother trying? And she also says something in the book which was comparing becoming versus being so the growth mindset is saying that you are always becoming like you don't have to be perfect you don't have to know all your shit like right now because you're always becoming whereas being is a fixed mindset approach it's like well i need to be this certain thing already so if i try once or twice and i don't get it well then that just means that i'm not gifted at this or like i shouldn't bother because it's obviously not for me. So this is basically every time that we start something and as soon as it gets difficult, we just, we don't want to do it anymore. So whether it's a level in a game, like a challenge level or a boss level or a type of sport where we've just begun it, but it looks easy enough and we start it, but we just get turned off as soon as things get complicated. And that's just our fixed mindset subconsciously being like, uh, you're gonna be good at this, so what are you doing? You might as well stop. Which is unfortunate, but we always have the opportunity to override that thought. And there was one um, thing that she said about the growth mindset, which is, and I love it, it's that the growth mindset can never determine your potential. It's like the idea that no one can ever have their potential determined by someone else or by themselves. Because your potential is unknowing like you 
it's unknowable how much you can achieve with hard work, with dedication, with the right strategies. I love this. I honestly love it. Like, as I'm saying this, oh, I just want to read the book again. <laughs> like, I just finished it. I just finished annotating it. But shit, it is absolutely, like, uh, just ignore my fangirling. Okay, let's move on. So I, oh yeah, I also came up with other examples, just day-to-day things that you might catch yourself saying that you don't realize is actually fixed mindset things. So things like, oh, they're always like that, or I'm always like that. Because you're not always like a certain thing. There are always going to be times for you to improve. If you make a mistake in the past and you really regret it, you are not that identity. Like you are not a traitor or uh, an awful person because in that mindset, in the growth mindset, if you make a mistake, that means that sure, it's shit, but like sure, it sucks, but you can improve yourself. And another example, which happens a lot again, like bringing up past mistakes that someone has done or you yourself have done or someone calling you out for something that happened ages ago. That, while it's not straight up saying, I have a fixed mindset, I'm judging you, it's implicitly saying that I haven't let go of something that you did ages ago where you have changed since then and I'm going to judge you for something, for some part of your identity that doesn't even exist anymore. Or it can make you actually think like, oh, I'm still that person if someone were to bring up a mistake you did a while ago. Those are just some examples of unconscious fixed mindsetedness. And and just a side note, I don't think people, you know, people aren't intentionally coming through with a fixed mindset. Like personally for me before reading the book, I just had that naturally and I th- I didn't even pick up on the fact that I had a fixed mindset whether it was with academics or um arts or or like myself like I am not leader quality like nah that's not me and already identifying as that before even trying and even practicing and I just wonder are there certain qualities that you think about yourself or about others that you think that cannot be improved And are there things that you're saying to yourself, like, oh, I'm not this sort of person, or now that's not for me, or or stuff like that, that is subconsciously creating that fixed mindset. And for me, I, I grew up, so in Australia, but my parents are from China, so the Asian culture is ridiculously fixed mindseted. <laughs> it's so fixed mindseted. I don't know. Okay, I don't know. Honestly, I don't know how to say that word anymore. Fixed mindseted. <sighs> um, the Asian culture. So their mentality, and I'm not going to generalize to every Asian and like every Chinese person and say that everyone's like this. However, it's common in the culture. So for my particular family, <laughs> for my particular, for my family, uh, it's, well, don't even try because it, you're not good at it. So, so why bother trying? And it could be as simple as like me trying to load the dishwasher and my mom just looking at me struggle. And she's like, no, don't even, don't do that. Don't try that. Uh, let me do it. And so she will, instead of coming from the approach, like, oh, okay, you don't know how to do it. 
Uh, like, I know how to load a dishwasher, it's just not to her standards. Anyway, I'm making excuses. Um, <laughs> it's, it, she has the mindset that if you're not good at it, then just let someone else who's better than you do it. That's unhealthy. It should be, you don't know how to do this, let me help you so that you learn how to do it. There, there's two, or there's multiple ways of approaching it, but you can see the, the difference between a fixed and a growth mindset. And... Another example was me in first year uni. I had an elective and I didn't know what to choose. And my friend suggested coding, intro to coding, uh, intro to computing actually it was. And I had no idea whether I was good at it or get good at it or not. And my family, when I told them my plans, they went, oh, you're 100% going to fail that. You're definitely going to fail it. And, like, what sort of approach is that? Like, <laughs> as soon as someone tries, like, it's, oh, uh, no, 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 that's not for you. Like, let me tell you on your behalf that you can't do it, which is unfortunately common. Like, I I'm not going to lie. I think this is actually a very common thing where it's like, well, I can't see you doing that, so why even bother? Oh, yeah, just, just really, really unhealthy. So... I don't want to, <laughs> I'm going to say that they, they were right in terms of, I actually did quit. Like I quitted, I quit intro to computing like mid semester because it was just taking up a lot of my energy and time. I think at one point I was spending more time and effort on this intro to computing than my other three subjects, like biology, chemistry, or whatever. I know for a fact that, um, if I continued with intro to computing in different circumstances where I didn't have other subjects to worry about, uh, yeah, sure. I think I would have improved a lot with computing and I would understand coding to a greater extent, but I just didn't have it, have enough time then. If I wanted to pick it up now, sure, that's, that's totally fine. And I guess the moral of that story is you can always improve. To clarify, so even with a growth mindset, you don't have to do everything because you can and because you know you'll improve in it because you only have so much time and effort. But it's a mindset that you can excel if you chose to and if you really wanted to do it. And and don't let someone tell you what you can or cannot do. Again, with a growth mindset, no one can determine your potential. No one can determine anyone's potential because the growth mindset means that you don't know, like you don't know how much this person can improve with dedicated effort. Not just effort though. Carol Dweck says um, a very important thing, which is don't just motivate someone to just try. Trying is really good, but if you've made the same mistake like 10 times, it's about reflecting. It's about practicing a lot with the right strategies, like knowing exactly how to get there instead of just blindly trying. And you often hear, especially in school, this is going to be episode two, but a lot of people which are labeled like, you're a smart child or you're not really smart. Like you're, you're more like a sporty child. You'll see like people trying to label each other. And, and we still do that because it's, I guess it's just easier for us mentally. Like we don't have to be like, oh, you're an abstract thing that I can't put my finger on. Like, we like to label. So things like smart or not, athletic or not, artistic, good at art or not, uh, leader or not. That's one that really got me because 
I honestly thought for 20 years of my life, uh, I thought that leaders were born. Like, I thought leaders had specific qualities, and if you had those qualities, then yeah, you can become a leader. For myself, I didn't think I was capable. I didn't think I was leader material. I even wrote that down. I did a global leadership class in um, Amsterdam Uni for exchange. And I wrote down, first reflection was, I don't think I'm leader material. But that stuff is all a developing thing. It's like you practice to become a leader. I, sure, there are some people who um, naturally, like quote unquote, have a way with words. That doesn't mean that you are exempt from that. Like if you practice enough with the right instruction, you'll get there too. And this labeling, I find this labeling very, very interesting because as a child, if you are labeled a certain thing, like let's just go with grades, academics. So if we were to say this kid, wow, you're so smart at, uh, at writing, like you're so great at writing, what they're going to do is they're going to do more of that. So from a young age, let's say four, if they get praised for being good at something, they are going to naturally gravitate towards it. And the more, of course, the more that they gravitate towards something, the more they're going to practice, the more they're going to get better at it. So it's it's like an exponential curve where by the time they're 18, you think, oh, um, it's it's because you're a natural at it. It's because you're just good at writing from birth. But no, it was only that little bit at the start where you were interested and curious about writing. But then you got praised. And so that motivated you to put a lot more practice into it. So what people see as natural, it's just you spending more time as a kid or whatever it is, practicing writing. And if you were to say to a kid like, oh, your maths isn't so good, well then sure, they might lose motivation to do maths um, and spend less time on it. And you can see where this is going, like less time and therefore less practice identifies as being a bad math student. Anyway, I'm going to get into more detail in episode two. But what I want to say and what Carol Dweck really emphasizes in mindset is that you can always, always develop a growth mindset. Uh, It's not that you either have a growth mindset or you have a fixed mindset. Like personally for me, I have had an internal battle between growth mindsetedness and fixed mindsetedness for ages since I started reading the book. And I realize sometimes I will still just be like, oh, well, I'm not like good enough at that. Or I compare myself to others and go like, oh, but they're so much better than me. Like, should I even try? Like that is subconscious and it's a habit. And I say habit because habits can be broken and you can always change if you are deliberate with which mindset you want to go down. Um, so now I'm, I'm really trying to embed in myself. Like if someone were to say, I'm not good at something, I, I always just like shove in like, you're not good at it yet. Like yet. Yet means that you can always improve and you will get there. No one knows your potential. You will get there. Again, if you have the right strategies. And so Carol Dweck actually talks about putting people into the growth mindset. Like, it's actually a thing where she's held studies and 
put some people into a fixed mindset by giving them certain phrases like mistakes are signs of failure, you're either a natural or you're just not good at it, uh, versus growth mindseted phrases as much you can improve continuously if you have the right strategies. And they get them to do certain activities and they see which ones give up first and it's the fixed mindseted group because they think, oh, it, it should be easy. Once it's not easy, then that means I'm not good at it, which means I won't practice. And there's a lot of examples within that book that's like the growth mindset can be, can be developed always. And so let's go into the common characteristics of the growth mindset. So while I was reading the book, I started to really analyze the themes of like, what is the basis behind a growth mindset? What are the common, like, what am I seeing all the time that's repeated in these examples that Carol Dweck is giving? And the first one is the difference between a constantly changing identity versus a fixed identity. So identity is at the heart of it because a fixed identity is sort of like the the subconscious belief that someone will always be that way. So like I mentioned earlier, it's the idea that natural born talent um, will always exceed trying and and not being good at it at the start uh, and that people with genetic um, people with genetics, like people who have a certain genetic ability will be able to perform better, like period, like full stop. Uh, and, and sure, there are uh, things like people like prodigies, people like, like things like prodigies and people who are what you can say are naturally gifted. It, though that is still in quotation marks because I think, I can't remember where it was in the book, but this person who was actually a prodigy said, it's not the fact that I was naturally gifted at the skill. It was that I was naturally gifted with the curiosity to do this skill. What he said was like the love for learning. That was his true gift. Anyway, so prodigies, sure, they they do exist and they work damn hard though. They have a natural tendency to something and they will continue on. Uh, but I just love this one thing that um, Ed Sheeran said, actually, because he was on the Jonathan Ross show, and this was back in, I think, 2014, and he said this. When people say artists are born with talent, you're not. You have to, you have to really learn and really practice. This is me playing guitar and singing. I'm going to put it into my mic like this. It's OK so far. So he was trying to show people that he is not naturally talented. Like he had to work damn hard for this. And I just imagine the reason why he's so good at it right now is because while people were partying, while people were doing things that they enjoyed, Ed Sheeran was practicing, 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 composing, um, writing lyrics, practicing guitar, watching tutorials. I bet you, like, that's the reason why he managed to improve his singing as well as his guitar skills. And 
there's this one uh, section of the book that talks about art. And this, when I, f- I remember when I first read the book, I genuinely thought that if you were artistic, it's because you were naturally good at it. Whereas for me, I was convinced, like 100% convinced that I was not good at art. I just didn't really, in school, I never got good grades for it. it. I just sort of assumed like, oh, look at all those people with their like gold stars and looking great. Like I was jealous and I never thought of actually working hard for myself. So something that a lot of people think, art is a natural genetic thing. However, However, now that I've written, like, read the Growth Mindset book, the people that we all really think that are good at art, every one of them said that they spent so damn long as kids, as teenagers, as adults, doing art, sketching, uh, thinking about art in their heads. Like, there was a reason, you know, maybe they started pretty okay and they got praised for it, but they continued on and they practiced. And... Every moment that they had, the free time that they had while I was playing Pokemon, they were drawing or they were painting or sketching or dancing. And I think, well, I know the reason why my brother is really great at drawing right now, even though he doesn't do much of it, he drew so much as a kid. He drew so, so much. I was, I don't know what I was doing. Like, I honestly don't know what I did as a child, but I knew I wasn't drawing. And now you see the differences and so you assume, oh, he's a natural, she's a natural, she's pretty shit, like she's not that great. Like, But we don't actually associate that success with hard work and obsession because kids can get obsessed with things and just do that for a long time. And, oh, and a thing, an example, I won't go too into detail, but there was um, a section also about how There was a five-day art camp and how Carol Dweck emphasizes that art is a learnable skill, that apparently, according to the artist, art is a seeing skill, like being able to see shapes, objects, and, and practicing that skill. So it was honestly awesome. Just Google, try and Google, um, Carol Dweck's, uh, Carol Dweck art comparison. Maybe that'll come up. And it shows the before the art camp and the after the art camp photos. Honestly, crazy. Something that I want to talk about because I, damn, I wrote a lot. I didn't even know how long this is going for. Uh, Anyway, I want to talk about effort and how society, and I am so guilty of this, finds effort a turnoff. Like, oh, you tried? Or also that, like, I, I just automatically did that voice, but, oh, they tried, they tried. Like, that trying is a bad thing. That trying is where you almost pity that person because, oh, they should be naturally gifted at this. And if they have to try, then they obviously aren't good at it, which is so backwards, so backwards. Anyway, so I think as a society, we really love the natural talents, or we just love satis- we, we find success satisfying. And I was recently watching the Avengers and just seeing the Hulk smash things and Captain America just, just like screw everyone over, like with his cool 
shield moves. Like, I don't know, but, but just seeing that and success and, and, you know, those, um, points in movies where it's like the deus ex machina where a, a person will save the day and that's so satisfying. And you never think for a second, like, Oh, they tried very hard. Yes, they they practiced every day. They trained a lot. Like you think, wow, they're so like natural. Look at them go. Like it's so satisfying. Um, and I have a feeling it's also because we dissociate from them. Like we don't we view them as others, and we view ourselves as not a sick ass like fighter like we make excuses and we see them like oh these people are naturally gifted look at them do that stuff for me now i'm not so i will give myself the excuse of just not doing it this is just my internal monologue like maybe you, you like i'm interested are there am i wrong like uh, is what i'm saying sort of different to what you view naturally successful people to be I'm I'm really interested because I only have me to talk to. <laughs> like I wish I wish I could talk to you all. And the thing with identity as well, the fixed identity is that your failures are also fixed. Like they will be part of your identity. You take your failures to heart. Whereas the growth mindset because your identity is always changing, nah, like a failure does not mean that you're shit. It doesn't mean that you're not able to improve. Like you it's painful, you admit it, but you don't wallow in your failures. And this is, again, guilty. This is honestly just a reflection of my life uh, where I will sing badly in front of people intentionally. So if someone were to tell me to sing in front of people, I wouldn't do it with full effort because I don't want to be judged with my full effort. Like, I don't want to be vulnerable because if someone were to say, oh, you actually don't sound good and I'm trying my best, then I will take that failure, quote unquote, to heart. Like I'll be like, oh shit, I'm just really not good. But if I try a little bit and I don't put that much effort into it and intentionally make funny faces and intentionally sing bad, then people, I, I can give myself an excuse like, oh, I didn't try that hard. So therefore they, their words don't hurt me. But a growth mindseted person would just go, fuck it. Like, I'm going to sing real badly. That's where I'm at right now. But that doesn't mean that I'm going to be a shit singer forever. That's what practice is for. Oh, I love it. it, it honestly, I, I hope that... It, is this reminding you of of someone that is growth mindseted? Like, is there someone in your life who you're starting to identify with being a growth mindseted person? Because if so, please follow them like please observe them have a like be curious and see how do they approach how do they approach failure how do they approach life in general uh and yeah it's not just singing badly dancing badly doing uh not trying that hard in academics because you don't want to be judged and uh, admit that you don't know things or the opposite pretending that you know everything imposter syndrome sort of i guess um where where you feel like you need to know everything all the time because you're in this role that requires it. But a growth-minded person would be like, well, no, I don't know everything and that's okay. This is what other people are here for, to help, you know, or, or for the internet, for me to research myself. So when I was telling my friend about the growth and the fixed mindset and the book, he asked me, 
Well, can't you just use the growth mindset as an excuse to then, you know, not put as much effort into it? So for example, if you're studying for a test and you're saying, oh, well, even if I don't get a good mark here, it means that I just need to try harder next time. And I have a feeling that's more a fixed mindset thing because if you're using something as an excuse to not put more effort into it, that means that you're still fearing the mistakes and and using this as a coping strategy. I think what a growth mindset person would do is to really try to try all their strategies and to go in thinking that they can like excel, but then getting the mark and then having that mindset of, okay, I guess that wasn't enough and then doing more. It's a little bit different, but I guess it's just more context dependent. Everything is within your control as a growth mindset person. I think that's another theme. Ah, I skipped ahead. It's always within your control. You can control whether you work hard or not. You can select that. Uh, Whereas a fixed mindset person is sort of like everything is being done to you because everything's already fixed from the start. So what's the point of trying? Uh, Another one, though, is is lifelong learning. And growth mindset people will just continue to learn because they always know that there is more to learn, that they don't know everything, and that's okay. Whereas a fixed mindset person would go, well, I've learned enough. And I, I'm, again, guilty. Sometimes I'll just be like, nah, I, I know enough. <laughs> but then there's an analogy, which don't know where I heard it from, but I'll just paraphrase it here. So there is an old Zen master. <laughs> I don't know why he has to be old, but he is old in an ancient country. And everyone, there's so many people just want to become his disciple. Like They want to learn from him. And one day, a person comes in and he's sort of cocky, arrogant, uh, but he wants this person to be his mentor. Uh, and after a few or after a little bit of conversation, the Zen master starts pouring this man some tea. And he keeps pouring and pours where the water overflows the cup. And the person just goes, whoa, whoa, like, you filled enough. This, this is fine. And he goes, this is where your mind is at. You're, tr- you're trying to have me fill an overfilled cup already, meaning that you technically think you know everything so how can I pour into a full cup come back when you want to you know like come back when you're actually serious like I bet he said something epic like that anyway so that analogy to be a lifelong learner means that your cup is I guess not empty but empty enough so that you can fill something into it and always learn from someone and this also comes to ego Uh, where if you genuinely think that you have no more to learn and that if people were to tell you something, you feel almost insulted because you're like, oh, I know everything. Like, how dare you tell me what to do or tell me how to think? So, for example, my ego, Joe's little ego is mm, quite sensitive and I just have that primitive part of me where if someone just starts doing something that has taken me so long to master and they're already better than me in like the first go. Yeah, my ego will be like, what the heck is going on? 
or if someone younger than me has all these cool ass achievements that I compare myself to them and it's like, I had nothing at that age. Yeah, sure, my ego will spike, but then it's just a matter of overriding all those thoughts. And how to override them? Well, that is a good segue to the next bit. The key knowledge and the idea that we're all on personalized learning journeys. Like we're in our own path and someone else's successes and failures are not yours. As in someone's failure is not your success. Your success is not someone's failure. Like being able to internalize that idea. Growth mindseted people don't focus on comparison because they're always trying to focus on themselves, right? Like trying to improve themselves and to realize that, or not only to focus on themselves actually, but to view someone else's failure as just a momentary thing that they are not as good because they just haven't put enough practice into it, but they can get to where you are. And that really does take a lot of, um, like a, to scrap your ego because uh, I, again oh god I stutter again I my ego ooh, it, it gets hurt when someone does something better than me why it doesn't matter because if anything I can get better I can get better and I don't want to discount their success and say that oh but, you know it's just because they're natural or or they're not that good but to acknowledge their success and and to admire it, but also to realize that we are on completely different paths as well. And that if I really wanna, if I really wanna get to where they're at, then I just gotta practice more and do more effortful and intentional learning. I really, I don't know where I was going with that. I, I sort of digressed. Uh, but anyway, uh, I oh the next part is going on for ages. Just a little section that I put with things to say or think to put yourself into a growth mindset. I sort of collated a few and made up a few. In case you just want phrases to help you get into that growth mindset, because the more you can just say things, I think the more you identify with a growth mindset too. Again, growth mindset is developed. Uh, So things you can say. What can I or what did I learn from this? So if there was a failure of some sort, not to, well, first of all, be sad for a little bit. It does hurt. But then afterwards, what can I learn from this failure? What can I, or what did I learn from that time when I really stuffed up? How can I use this to grow? How can I use this to grow? This could be sort of like a mantra or something, but like challenges are where I truly learn and grow challenges are where I learn and grow. This is hard. This is fun. So to follow, so if something is really difficult, acknowledge this is really hard. This is shit. Like this is so hard. However, this is fun. And you could take this to the gym. Like if you're doing something really tough and it hurts, this is hard. This is really difficult. This is tough. But I'm learning. I'm growing. This is fun. Another one is, I don't know it yet. Yet. I love that word. Yet. Uh, I don't know it yet. They don't know it yet. You are not good at it yet. 
because the growth mindset again acknowledges we don't know your potential but we do know that you will always improve uh, and then oh yeah and then another thing to put yourself into a growth mindset what i mentioned before follow someone who actually does have it it could be your family your friends or or someone online and i've got to say if you don't know who to follow look at terry cruz my yogurt oh, a lot of yogurt i love yogurt his stuff is honestly insane like his content is great and there is one interview between him and tim ferris which i would highly recommend uh, that you listen to where he, he just talks about trying and and putting a lot of effort into things and that he's not this naturally great amazing person like he's always a work in progress and and the difference between a fixed and growth mindset is that the growth mindset it it's you're a work in progress not a finished product which is what fixed mindset people feel like they need to be and let us end with actually with how to praise others like how to share a growth mindset with others because even if you technically have a growth mindset or you're trying it yourself it's very easy to unintentionally share a fixed mindset with someone else uh, which I have done in the past and I'm really trying you know like really trying to always correct myself so how do we praise others how do we praise adults how do we praise kids with a growth mindset what Carol Dweck recommends is to praise the process. Like, oh, you tried really hard here. You really used different strategies to get there. She makes it very clear, though, to always link the praise with the process to the outcome. So not just, oh, you tried really hard, but but it's more like you tried really hard and that led you to this result. So you're getting them to associate the process with the result. Um, and getting praise for that in the process so that they'll be reinforced to do it again. Uh, there's other ones like, so say if, uh, there's a kid or a person who uh, is trying for a test and does really well. Like Instead of saying, oh, you're so smart, because smart is an identity. And smart is not something we have control over because it's very changeable. You want to help this person be in control of what they do to get a good result. So instead of saying you're so smart, it's, wow, I really admire how many, like how many strategies you use and the dedication you put with this and the, the help you got from your teachers to get this result. And your improvements and your results really show that you tried. Um, there's another one which is, let me see. Oh, yeah, yeah, So... I like how you're stretching yourself with challenges and and working to learn harder things because this is, you know, something that you've achieved since challenging yourself. And to praise that challenge and to praise people to enjoy that challenge because challenges, as a growth mindset person would think, is this is how I really, really learn. And, oh, and there was another praise for people who aren't there aren't there yet. I'm going to share an, an example in the next episode. But if someone were to try really hard but not get there, our thing wouldn't be, oh, but you're smart in my eyes or, oh, but they, they're they not as good as you. You're definitely better. Like that doesn't help in any way. Sort of just boosts the ego. But uh, it, it's sort of acknowledging like we 
are all progressing at different rates and it it might just take longer for you might take longer for you the context the the way in which you learned might need to be changed so that you can approach this a little bit better so what strategies what alternatives do you have to get there giving them tangible steps and tangible advice to get to a certain goal is more helpful than praising their identity or praising something fixed or something that they can't control and that is all that is all i have rambled enough um i really i i honestly just enjoy talking about growth mindset so much but uh next next episode i'm going to bring in examples from uh my recent placement at a secondary school and the fixed mindsetedness i saw from that there was a lot honestly there was so much fixed mindseted but i identified with that a lot because i did the same things the culture was the same at my school yeah anyway to summarize this episode Growth mindset is simply the belief that you can always cultivate your abilities, that no one can determine your potential and you cannot determine someone else's potential. The fixed mindset, on the other hand, is that qualities are fixed, that you're either a natural or you're not, that you're either good at something or you're not, um, that mistakes uh, mistakes are seen as failures rather than ways to grow. Also, the idea that the growth mindset is a skill in itself, that you can always develop a growth mindset just by uh, just by the things I said before, like things to say to put you into a growth mindset, things to say to other people to put them into a growth mindset. It's all about a skill and it's all about practicing. So I hope you enjoyed this episode. I enjoyed this making this so much and I will see you next week. Bye. Hope you enjoyed this episode and hope to see you on part two where we're discussing the growth and fixed mindset with education. See you later.